Are you looking to buy your first home or refinance your existing loan? Even if you've done this before, the process can be a little intimidating. But don't worry, we've got your back. In each episode, we'll chat with industry experts and explain everything you need to know so that you can land the perfect loan for you with no problems, no issues, and no stress. Welcome to A Beginner's Guide to Mortgages, presented by Annie Mac Home Mortgage. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Beginner's Guide to Mortgages. I am Jerry Strauss, and this is your one-stop shop for learning all you need to know about buying a home, about getting a loan, about everything in between. Uh, We're going to have some fun, and if you're not careful, you'll probably learn something before we're done. So uh, we're going to get right into it. This is our maiden voyage, so to speak, our first time out, and what a topic we have. It's the question really on anybody's mind who's even considering making a move, uh, looking for a place to live. Uh, Do we rent or do we buy? What is the right direction for you? Uh, We're going to talk all about it with our expert here this week. Uh, Rebecca Carr. She is uh, somebody with a lot of knowledge, a lot of expertise, uh, and someone who uh, is working out of Denver, Colorado. How are you, Rebecca? I'm great, thank you. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We could certainly use your knowledge. I, I know I certainly <laughs> could. Um, can you uh, just l- let the, the listeners know exactly uh, what your role is out there with Annie Mac in Denver and uh, how long you've been a part of the mortgage industry. Absolutely. So I am a sales manager slash originator, um, originating home loans in Denver. I have, I got into the industry in 2002. Um, so have been through the roller coaster ride of what the market has done and how the market has changed um, from, you know, the crash in 2008 to, um, to everything that's going on now. So lots of history and lots of, seen lots of change throughout my time in the industry. Sure. Sure. Um, well, then you're the perfect person to talk to about this because I think this is a topic that comes up in people's lives when they see change. Uh, there's a lot of different common points where people say, you know what, I need to make a move. I'm, I'm going somewhere new. I'm relocating. Um, I'm, I'm leaving college. I'm moving out of my parents' house. Uh, and I'm divorcing, whatever the case may be, a, a life change, a life situation where they need to make a big decision here. Uh, do you remember in your own personal life, uh, like different times, different situations where this came up for you personally? Do do I rent? Do I buy? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I myself have invested in real estate. I have rental properties. That's something I've used to build my wealth throughout my career. Um, and it's something I really believe in. And I have not always necessarily historically speaking, bought in the best time. Um, so, you know, I, I bought my first home in 2003. Um, I, I sold that first starter home in 2007, right before when things first started getting a little crazy. And I bought my, my second home, which was like my family home. And I bought that actually, um, right at the end of December of 2007. So right before the crash, um, 
And so for a while there, you know, across the country, we saw housing values dip. Um, and as I always tell people, um, and what I've learned by being in those situations, the, what, there's one thing that's constant. I mean, we will always see that up and down in the market. I mean, it's, it's just how any market works. But as long as you have time, and as long as you set yourself up to the point where you don't have to sell during those times, not saying you have to stay in the home, but more, most importantly, you don't have to sell when the market turns and you can, you know, ride it out. You will always gain wealth. After that, after 2008, um, you know, and going into 2010 and then 2012, since then, we have seen home values in different markets nearly double. So, you know, all those people that made it through 2008 when, when the market kind of got a little softer realized a huge return by holding on to those properties um, until the market recovered. Mm-hmm. So yeah. as long as you have, as long as you have time, the market will always turn back around. And as we see, I mean, the amount of wealth there, there have been so many people that that's really what they've used to build their wealth is, is real estate. So, you know, you buy one and as I said, you don't necessarily have to stay in that home and that doesn't have to be your forever home. You can rent it out or you can do, there are other options that you can do with that as long as you can make it through those those challenging times sometimes. Absolutely. Now, now just dialing back a little bit, uh, let's talk for a moment about people more in their formative adult years uh, before the point where they're making decisions about investment properties and wealth and things like that. Maybe people who are just embarking, as we said earlier, on their first job, maybe fresh out of college, mm-hmm. maybe even earlier than that. Have you had a lot of interaction over your years in the industry with people um, in, from that perspective who kind of have that question? Uh, I'm looking into maybe buying something, um, but should I just get an apartment? Should I you know, go in a different direction? Uh, is that, do you think, a common question, a crossroads for young people? Definitely. And I think the other thing that we see with a lot of homeowners entering the market for the first time is, is the misconception of what really they need to have saved up in order to put money down for that first home. So, you know, a lot of people entering the market think, oh, I really need to have a a substantial amount. I I need to have $30,000. I need to have $20,000 to put down, or I want to be able to put down 20%, um, or I want to save more money. But what what we've seen and what you can see, first of all, for the most part, renting in most markets, renting versus buying a home, you're going to have a very, very similar payment. Um, So if you can not use or not have to have a ton of money saved, but can still get into a house, have a similar payment to, to what you would make if you were renting, but be able to have that home appreciate for you, um, you're going to be, you're going to be able to get a lot further. A lot of, a lot of people also think, well, I want to save enough money so I can buy my perfect home. Well, most people can't buy your perfect home. It shouldn't be like, oh, I just like if you get your apartment, it's, it doesn't have to be like, this is my forever. Because 
if your home's appreciating, you're building wealth in order to, to grow to the next step. And that in order to maybe your first home is a small two bedroom home. Um, no, that's not going to be your forever home, but it you will gain more wealth and you will get to a point quicker of buying that next home of, okay, now I have the equity from this home that I can take and use to put down on the next home that's more expensive. So it's, it's kind of like a stair step. You know, mm-hmm. you, you keep going up each step. It's not one big leap to get to your dream home. It's you find that home. It's similar to your rent. You don't, you can put down, there's down payment assistance programs that can help you with your down payment. Um, so you don't have to come up with a lot of money, but you can start building. So you have the ability to buy that next home. That's great. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to think about it because I think, especially at that point in life, people aren't looking at starting that process or climbing that ladder, so to speak. They're, they're really just looking at what can I do now? So it's a, a really good way to kind of look more long-term and see the benefits of possibly buying versus renting. And again, you know, we're here to talk about both sides. It's not necessarily the right time to buy for everyone. It's not necessarily the right time to rent for anybody. But there are certainly some things that I think you need to consider no matter what point in life you are, no matter what your situation is when it comes to what's my next move and and will I rent or will I buy? Um, One of them is how long do you want to live there? Uh, You know, I think there are certainly certain situations where if you're going to be in a job that you know is only going to last a year or maybe two years, uh, it might just be more practical to do something that's kind of quicker in, quicker out. Um, in order to, in order to be able to more flexibly move when needed, uh, do, do you yeah. come across that sort of concern a lot? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on what's happening in the market. I mean, there are certain housing markets that are appreciating really quick. So, I mean, the thing you have to to look at is what is the cost? Not so much. Well, first, what's the cost going in? But also, what's the cost if, I, if I'm going to sell? Because actually, when you sell, there's a lot more fees on the sell side than, than when you're going into a home as a, as a consumer. So, um, you know, generally speaking, you're going to be looking at if you have to walk away from a property quick, quickly or you're not in something long term, um, you're going to be look at, looking at losing about 6 to 7% of, of the value of the home and if it's appreciated. So if you're in a low appreciating market where they're not seeing a six to 7% return each year, if you're only going to be in there a year, you can end up losing money if you have to immediately sell. So once again, it's how, what's your time frame? Like what's your time frame is such a crucial part of the decision-making process as far as does it make sense to rent or does it make sense to buy? And then second, looking at that, you know, talking to an agent, a real estate agent and saying, okay, or doing some research, what is the appreciation that's happening in this market? Um, because you never want to get stuck. That, that part you don't want to do. So you need to know kind of have a, you know, two to three year, I would say, outlook on, am I going to be able to stay at something for two to three years? Um, under two years, there are other consequences if you sell a home within two years. So 
I think two years is kind of a good requirement to kind of just without going in depth on it as a general rule of thumb. Mm -hmm. Makes absolute sense. Uh, You know, there's so many kind of superficial, but still very important things that come to mind when it comes to not only do do I rent or do I buy, but what type of home am I looking for? And and is renting or buying more applicable to that? Um, do you want more privacy as opposed to being in an apartment where you're sharing walls and floors and ceilings? Um, do you want a yard or just land that you can call your own? Uh, do you want control, more control maybe over what you're allowed to do on the inside or outside of where you're living? Uh, all these things can come into play depending on your preferences, depending on your situation. What would you say are some things that you would tell somebody who maybe maybe more dedicated to the idea of renting for those kind of superficial reasons, the the um, just being able to live without a lot of maintenance, being able to kind of just live the simpler in a simpler situation you don't have to worry about yeah yeah yeah, home ownership I mean you do always want to consider you know what the cost of actual maintenance is um as far as there are low maintenance options um you know you for for a first-time home buyer they can always look at townhouses or condos where the situation is more that there is somebody um, on site that's going to do some of those maintenance things for you, not necessarily interior, but you know, if you don't want to mow a lawn and you don't want to have to keep up with those types of things, that's a that's a good option to explore sometimes for your for your first time home. Um, so townhomes, condos, a great kind of middle ground to that, where it's similar to being in an apartment, but you're still paying for some, either way, you have to pay for a roof to be over your head. So if you can pay for a roof to be over your head, but eventually walk away with something, that's kind of the, for me, that's the long-term gain. Um, so that that's an option to keep you low maintenance, um, but still gaining future wealth by having, by having ownership. Um, and then, you know, from there, there's all you know, there's different sizes of homes, there's different sizes of lawns, which you can get into like a a smaller um, home with maybe a little less upkeep, or depending on how old the home is, there, there there's some things to consider there. So same kind of thing, there's different levels of commitment as far as how much you really feel like you're capable of undertaking with home ownership and, Mm -hmm. and maintenance. So many options, so many options really in both categories. Um, you know, something that that you kind of touched on before, um, but I don't think not everybody thinks about is uh, rental rises every year because when you purchase a home and you get that mortgage, you plan out your, your, how, your 20 years, your 30 years, whatever the terms are, you can establish exactly what those payments are going to be. You're going to know exactly what your situation is year to year. When you rent from somewhere, you're typically subject to annual or biannual rises in that rent. So that those payments are going to just increase. They're never going to go down, right? That That is 100% correct, especially, I mean, varying from market to market, but in some markets, I mean, we've seen uh, and it, I am in the Denver market and we've seen rents, you know, go from 
$1,000 uh, maybe seven years ago. And now they're, you're lucky to get into a place for $2,200, $2,300 a month. I mean, that's doubling. Um, so, you know, the nice thing about having a fixed mortgage is that is fixed. Um, the only variances that you're going to see are with taxes and insurance. And insurance, you have some control over that because you have the ability to go shop that and find a different insurance company. And then the only other variable is taxes. And normally taxes aren't going to, um, to jump in extreme manners the way the uh, rental market has the ability to fluctuate dramatically. Um, and then, you know, there's people that I talk to that have owned their home for a long time and, and you know, their payment's really, really low and they're, they're sometimes debating like, well, should I sell? Or, and, and bottom line, those people, the first question I always ask them is, where are you going to be able to go and find a home that you can rent for what your mortgage is? Um, because most of the people, if they've owned their home for that same time frame, rents have doubled, their payment's still at, for example, that $1,000 point because they bought their home so many years ago. So it's like you, you, can't, you can't control the rental market the way, the way you're, a fixed rate mortgage is kind of set um, with just little variances. You know, it's, it's funny because people always make fun of uh, TV shows like, like Seinfeld or Friends where they have these amazingly nice and large apartments and they say, well, how can they afford them? And I remember on Friends, the, the uh, excuse that they gave was that Monica Geller's grandmother had somehow landed in this rent-controlled apartment decades ago and there was sort of a freeze on the rental rate. And of course, that's kind of, for, for most people, not a realistic option. That's not something that is very easy to find. But in a way, um, buying a property and locking in a mortgage is kind of like doing the exact same thing. You're, you're freezing what your payment is going to be like over time, over decades, over half your life. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And, and it's always going to be cheaper now than it's going to be in 10 years. <laughs> you know, it's just the way it works. So, I mean, the sooner you can do that, the sooner you can you can get something locked in, especially with, I mean, your rates are so low right now, historically low. You can get that locked in and you can, it's locked in for 30 years. The only thing that's going to vary is your taxes and your insurance. Um, so it's nice to be able to hit that, you know, freeze button essentially and saying, okay, this is what my payment's going to be. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, something else that you touched on before, the idea of working towards your dream home. And in a way, as you mentioned, maybe one path is to buy a home, to build equity, and then to be able to afford something closer to your dream home or your dream home. But for many people, that journey might be buying a home and then eventually being able to afford adding on to it or expanding it. Uh, and, and that's another thing, typically not possible in a rental. So that's that's really something to think about because you're you're kind of stuck when you're in that rental and you kind of have to start over if you want to work further towards that dream home. There, there's nothing you can do where you're living now. You got to go. Mm-hmm. Yep. You you don't have always control. Uh, there is a lot of control with owning owning the home versus renting and and what you can do to the property as well as how long you can stay in the property. Sometimes 
you know, with a rental, you sign that one year lease in one year, they might not want to re renew that lease. So um, sometimes, you know, you just are, you're putting, you're becoming the driver of your own car. <laughs> you know, you're becoming the driver of your own, your own living situation um, when you're able to purchase. That's, that's a really good metaphor. It's kind of like deciding to own your own vehicle, to buy a car, as opposed to making uh, taking mass transit every day. You're, you're probably going to get to the same place, but those ticket prices are going up every year, and uh, you're kind of beholden to their schedule, and you're going to get there when they get there, and yeah. you don't have that yeah. control. Yeah. I mean, and, and the other thing that I oftentimes talk about people when they're first time buyers that, you know, you run across first time buyers who are like, well, I just want to save more. I just want to save more to have more money down. Well, in a lot of markets, what we've seen is you can't save at the pace that the market's appreciating at. You know, if you're making $40,000 and you can, you say, um, you know, and, and you're, for example, you're making $40,000 and you're going to buy a $200,000 home. Well, if I always ask them, well, how much do you think you can save in the, in the next year? Right. Well, well, I think I could probably save another five to $10,000. Okay. Well, if we're seeing 5% appreciation, you're going to have to save that full 10,000 and you're still not going to be anywhere close because 5% appreciation on a $200,000 home, all of a sudden that $200,000 home next year, when you save that $10,000 is going to cause cost you $210,000. So you just were able to keep up if you say saved on the top range at 10% or $10,000. So it's like, you really didn't get anywhere because now you're just going to have to pay more for that home. Yeah. You've lost. So you really have to, you really have to think, is, is that really going to get me any further if I take the step back and save? And it really depends on, on the market that you're in. And sometimes that's just not, you, you just lost out on actually gaining $10,000 worth of wealth while you were trying to save $10,000. Right. Which, I mean, basically what you're, what I'm, what I'm translating this into, not exactly the same thing, but by not buying, you're essentially losing money. By, by saving yes. money on your own. Uh, yes. That's the, another thing I think that a lot of people would never really think about. Um, you know, there's so many different scenarios and so many different factors that can come into play. And I think both of us certainly see a lot of situations where it just makes sense to rent here and there. You know, if you're someone who really doesn't have much money or has the flexibility to give up enough money for a down payment on something, uh, if you really just want that very, very simple apartment or rental lifestyle where everything is taken care of for some time, um, then maybe a part, rental living could be for you at, at some point in your life, definite benefits. But I think it's important that people explore their options before they make that decision. Because to your point, a lot of people don't really know how little they may need to put down to buy a home. And they may not know exactly how uh, affordable it might be to own instead of rent. 100% correct. You don't know, there, there's, you don't have anything to risk by at least having the conversation. And then after you have the conversation, you can better determine 
yes, this is for me or this isn't for me. No, I don't plan on being here long, so maybe it is best that I just rent. I might be relocating to another state or something like that. But the first step really is just having the conversation with the expert um, and, and do, do a little exploring within that conversation um, to see if it's, if it's feasible or not. Yeah, and I, I mean, you can find them all over the internet, but certainly there's a really great one on the uh, Annie Mac Home Mortgage website on annie-mac.com, uh, a mortgage calculator. Before you even have that conversation, there's that option to just play around and plug your numbers in, and it will tell you uh, exactly based on a particular rate or maybe today's rates, it'll tell you exactly what your monthly payment would look like going forward. So at least it can give you an idea of what range of payment you'd be you'd be anticipating. Yes. There's so many tools out there. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, I know you in particular have certainly had a lot of these conversations with people over the years, uh, those exploratory type conversations to go deeper, like you were saying before. Let's look at your life. Let's look at your situation what your goals are, what you're trying to achieve, and trying to really help people see exactly what path they're going on based on those choices. So if they are looking at this kind of loan, that kind of loan, this amount, uh, that's conversations that I'd imagine you have all the time, right? All the time. And it's, and, and even the nice part, or the thing I really stress is you don't need to be ready right now. The point of having that first conversation is to give you a roadmap to make sure that when you are ready, you're in the best scenario that you can be in. Um, like what can we do to put help improve your credit so you're, you can get into a better loan program? How much do you need to save so you can, can actually truly buy? So having that initial conversation the earlier you have it, the sooner you have the roadmap of here's what I can actually be working on. Because we all have good intentions and we all think we know what we need to do. But sometimes it's not what you think it is. Um, sometimes you don't need to pay off that credit card or you don't need to save as much money as, as you need to. Or sometimes there's just a few little things that we can tweak in your scenario and help help advise you to, to better your situation in three months or four months or five months or a year. So when you are there, you know exactly what you're getting into. There's no unknowns anymore. You have something that you're working for. Right, right. And, I, you know, I think the reason to have the con that conversation is the same reason. Hopefully, a lot of you guys are out there listening to the show because you're interested, because you're excited, because you want to see what's out there and you want to eventually know everything you need to know to make an ex a decision that's right for you. And uh, hopefully this conversation uh, helped you kind of get some ideas in your head, at least for more questions to ask and start thinking about what path you might want to go right down. Uh, Rebecca, Thank you so much for joining us this week. It's our first one, and I think it's been a really great one, a really helpful one, hopefully for a lot of people. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Rebecca. And thank you guys for checking us out this week on A Beginner's Guide to Mortgages. We will see you next time.